0: Matthews, Corporate America Dropout turned entrepreneur and owner of The Henley Company, an event travel and lifestyle management firm. It wasn't that long ago that I was dreading my drive to my fancy corporate job each day or felt disenfranchised with the work I was doing. In 2007, I jumped off the corporate escalator and directly into the elevator of opportunity. Today, I'm an author, speaker, educator, and serial asker. I wholeheartedly believe that your life changes when you start creating your own opportunities and making big efforts. Asks. Hands down, the business and life I have today is 100% the product of giving myself permission to design the life I want to live. It was always my dream to work at the Olympics, and by making a big ask, that dream became a reality. I now have multiple Olympic projects to add to my life resume. I created the Big Ask Podcast to share these best practices with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur hungry for revenue generating tips or an individual restless to make a significant change, the life you want to live could be just one big ask away get ready to be entertained by real life stories no filter conversations and inspired by the daily hustle so let's get started this is the big Ask podcast Everybody and welcome to the Big Ass Podcast. I'm Nicole Matthews and I'm delighted to be interviewing and sharing a great conversation with my friend Brandon Eisman today. So hello, Kansas or Lawrence, Kansas. Sorry, I was going to say Kansas City, the horror, right? Hello, Lawrence, Kansas.
1: Yeah, literally the heart of the United States is where I'm at. Perfect. Laura's Kansas,
0: hi. Perfect. I love it. I love it. So um, just so everybody knows the background of our story, uh, Brandon and I met a couple years ago because we both work um, as travel directors um, for the event industry and Basically what that means is we get hired, uh, we freelance with um, big event production companies and uh, meeting, corporate meeting planning companies. And um, we arrive on site. So we spend a lot of time in Las Vegas, San Francisco, kind of the big cities where big conventions are taking place and uh, we are on site. So we execute the program that the planning team has has done. So because the programs are so big, they have to bring in extra staff. So that's, that's Brandon and I. So Brandon, nice to see your beautiful face.
1: It's great to see you as well. Yes, it's been thank too you. long. I mean just several months, but still. It has.
0: Long. It has. I, I miss seeing you in a in a Las Vegas ballroom.
1: I think though, so. yeah, Las Vegas or even this time, we would be on some yeah. island or a destination exactly. you know, working together. So I exactly. I'm,
0: I know. It's the bummed. saddest. <laughs> it's the saddest. I know. So let's talk a little bit just to get started about your um your your role as a travel director. So I know you've been in the industry for about 20 years. So how did you first break in? Like, how did you even know that that was a real job?
1: Yeah. Well, I started out in elementary education and, uh, that was my career path. That's what I wanted to do. I had great role models as, as teachers, professors. And so I thought education was the route for me. Um, a good friend of mine, um, worked as a, an event planner. And so during my summers throughout college, they would utilize me or I would, you know, go and help support, mm-hmm. be that team player um, for incentive trips. And so my first summer doing that, I'm like, oh, this is this is interesting. I can travel. I can meet new people. I can make a little money. And this is actually something I, I could do. And then, you know, second summer, third summer. And then 9-11 happened. And so I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? I'm still in education, but let's change that to communications. Communications is it's broader. You know, I can do a lot more with it. And so 9-11 happened, low man on the totem pole. I get the cut, and, and finally, as you know, in this world, the industry kind mm-hmm. of opened back up. And so I was brought back on to, to help with those those conferences, those conventions, and then ultimately, again, some intensive trips. And so, really, my good friend opened that door for me um, for a company based out of the Bay Area. And so, yeah, uh, last year was my my 20th year working for them as a, as a travel director. Uh-huh. And so, you know, um, the majority of companies that I get the opportunity to work for are based in the Bay Area, which is great. Um, I am in Kansas. Everyone else is in California, but that's okay. That's okay. I get to travel to some amazing places and then mm-hmm. come back home and feel grounded for a bit. So,
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I know in the height of when things were really working, what would be your normal, like how many weeks a year would you be on the road?
1: You know, I, so I kind of divided my time. Uh, we have a catering company here in Lawrence that I worked as their director of catering. So there for a while, I was doing both jobs. So I would mm. work for the events here and then travel a week, come home a week, back on the road a week. And yeah. So, you know, every company or every business has their, their high seasons and low seasons. And so... I'm not that typical travel director that is on the road mm-hmm. you know months on end. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be able to come home and <laughs> I have a child I have a well a teenager at this point, so um, <laughs> I need to be back home and and be that that parent and yeah have some roots, if you will. Um and then get the itch to leave again. So
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I am good with, you know, home a week, gone a week, home a week, gone a week, um if that, that's the ideal situation. For yep, me. Definitely. Yeah, definitely.
0: It is a tough industry for those who are working in it full time because they are on the road. I mean, they are road warriors. We have a yeah. lot of friends in common that are you know could be on the road forty five out of fifty two weeks out of the year. You know, it's so true. It
1: is, and that truly becomes your 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 road family. You know, yep. like at that point, mm-hmm. they really are your family. And yep. Yeah. Definitely,
0: definitely. So I know that uh, I know that COVID has has changed that for you and I, and we're we're grounded for the first time. I haven't been home this long in a
1: long time. <laughs> Doesn't it hey. feel weird to be home? It is so weird. Like I I'm really good about being on the road and coming home and having a couple days to myself, wean myself back into the public, you know, in my mm-hmm. community, and then traveling again and doing it all over. But now literally what since March, the end of February, we've been home and I (laughs) first couple weeks I was good. First month I'm like, okay, what can I do now? What can I Mm -hmm. organize? What can I clean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. I know. What can I do? And now I'm like this past weekend was the first time we went out to a restaurant with outdoor seating because I'm like, yeah. okay, you know, like I'm yeah. just, that's where I'm at. But yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, it it, is tough. it's tough for everyone. Everyone has their own issues and everyone yeah. can deal with it their own way. But for us, you know, who work in the public eye or, you know, Thrive off of those um, relationships with those people. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yep. it's challenging. I know yeah. it is. It has definitely been uh, been just a like almost like a culture shock because we're so used to being on the road or being with three thousand people in a ballroom again. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like working long hours. Now it's like yeah. you know, I work about five or six hours. I'm like, whoo, exhausting. How did I, yeah. you know, how do you do, you know, our 18 hour days where we're, you know, on site? So uh, it's yeah. going to take us some time once the world opens back up to get, sure. I think, event, um, event, you know, like fit Acclimated. again yeah right yeah. I mean where our feet are gonna hurt our backs are gonna hurt it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be quite a quite a scene when we all get get back out there so
1: yeah well I do um, that now just getting off the couch or getting up from the table I'm like oh gosh, yes. I haven't stood for a while or I've been <laughs> sitting way too long yeah
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, okay. So let's, um, so I would say your profession is travel director, but your passion is really creating a positive platform for the um, LGBTQ um, community as both Brandon and as Deja Brooks, who is the, the drag queen that you, um, I don't want to say portray, you live, right? As, as That's true as as and perform as deja so let's talk a little bit about how a uh a boy in kansas becomes deja brooks
1: wow yeah how a little boy from kansas a travels the world and b becomes a drag queen um,
0: <laughs> there's got to be a sitcom in here i hope there's a hollywood I, yeah, producer
1: so so many yeah. sitcoms can be made of my life yeah but, Well, Deja started out as really just being able to, um, to perform. I've always been on the stage, whether it's Brandon or or however I've been on the stage. And so drag just gave me that outlet Mm -hmm. to perform. And, and drag for me is truly putting on a dress and entertaining audiences. Mm -hmm. Um, it is not a a lifestyle, you know. I don't live my life as Deja. I, I'm Brandon. I'm, you know, <laughs> a, a parent, a dude, you know. But yeah. I have a whole another side of me. I think it's the mm-hmm. Gemini in me that um, counteracts the male persona to the female persona, and so yeah. drag has has evolved, uh, transformed my life to um, truly giving back to my community. Um, Lawrence is a college town. Uh, We have the University of Kansas here, but um, of all the places in Kansas to live, Lawrence is the most diverse and the most accepting to, to anyone and everyone. And so I've been able to use my platform as Deja to truly transform our community.
0: Yeah, which that's is, amazing.
1: Which is yeah. great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Were you um, the first in Lawrence? Would you say?
1: Um, I no. I think uh, Lawrence has never had a, a true gay bar. Um, we have what's known as family nights, and so I mean years years ago when I first started performing, um, we would have family nights and perform, and so entertainers from Lawrence or Kansas City. Uh, Wichita um, mm-hmm. would travel in to, to perform. And so my start really became from getting to perform in Kansas city. I mean, that's really where okay. I got the, the help or the support, the push mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to, to start a drag career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, um, that's transformed or, or morphed into something I, didn't expect yeah definitely which is good yeah
0: yeah so I know you do a a couple of different things in um Lawrence as Deja so that you have Deja's reading room at the local library and so I can imagine in, in the beginning the pearl clutching and the oh my goodness what is happening here that must have been sort of comments about that and then how you've really just created such a beautiful event um, for all the young kids uh, uh, in your community. So talk a little bit about sort yeah. of that process of how did you even propose that to your library and and um, yeah. how that all came to be.
1: So uh, reading Rainbow or Drag Queen Storytime um, was not a new thing. Uh, new York, California, they were putting on these <laughs> Uh, drag queen story times um, in and outside of libraries. And so the Lawrence public library uh, is just amazing. They do so much for our community and they actually reached out and wanted to try to incorporate another unique story time um, within their, their normal mm-hmm. scheduled story times. And so uh, drag queen story time evolved and started Four years ago in June, so four years ago this month, uh, we had our very first um, Deja's Reading Rainbow. And so um, we had, oh gosh, the first one was like over 150 people in attendance. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. The support um, from the community, as well as neighboring communities, came out for this, and it was awesome. And so, it's amazing. It happens about every three months. We have another one. And um, every June, we try to, you know, obviously celebrate uh, Pride Month. And, but it's also kind of our anniversary to kicking off uh, yeah. rainbow. And so right now, obviously, during COVID, um, our library is closed to the public but so you have to use your resources and just like we're doing today on zoom um deja's reading rainbow has been gone live for the last two two story times so it's definitely different you know Mm -hmm. i i work off of the kiddos (laughs) and the parents and the crowd involvement and it's really challenging to some Mm -hmm. degree to work off of a screen, a video, you know, like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, but still, still to keep those entertained. Yeah. Um, And so it's worked. It's great. And the library has decided to take the opportunity to bring me on as a board member. And so I started that in January and they're just, I mean, they truly, just grab onto Deja. And I'm like, wait, is Deja the board member or is Brandon the board member? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a the fine line there. Right. Um, exactly. Very, very supportive of just um, all yeah. walks of life. And
0: yeah, that's great. That's yeah, so beautiful. What, how, um, what are the, what do the kids ask you? Do they, do they <laughs> oh even, God. do they even, um, like realize that, you are a female impersonator? I mean, or do they just see a a woman standing there? Uh,
1: So I think both. You have, you have um, the kiddos who are thinking the whole time (laughs) about you and you can tell because they're just studying everything about you, and then you have kiddos who are just oblivious and are just excited to see someone dressed up or someone with a purse or, you know, in fabulous shoes or or whatever the case is, whatever I'm wearing. But it's interesting because I have some kiddos who will come up and say, "Mm, you know, that's too much makeup for a Sunday. You're wearing... (laughs) that's too much makeup for a Sunday, Deja. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Noted. Noted. And so noted. the next time I'll come and I'm like, how is this? I'm like, oh, so much better. And so they remember and it's like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. know, yeah. <laughs> but we, we have kids now that truly came when they were a baby. So now they're like, they're turning four and it's just like they know Deja and they ask yeah. about Deja and when's the next story time and I think what's really great is, I mean, our library, again, so supportive, but it's really the parents or mm-hmm. the guardians, um, the grandparents who are who are open mm-hmm. to just coming and letting their kids, their family members um, be open to reading about stories of love or acceptance or yeah. being different, being unique. And that's really all that's, drag queen story time is it's yeah you know it's just reading books about being you and standing oh. apart and standing up for yourself or others and yeah That's It's beautiful. crazy it's crazy yeah. yeah
0: it's good it's such a i mean it's just such it's such a little thing but it's making such a big difference you know which yeah. is just really beautiful so yeah. um so let's uh, let's talk about your um your event that you created um four or five years ago transformations nice. Nine. nine Oh gosh. Okay. So how did that come to be? So the event is called transformation and, um, and so what was your original concept and then how did you sort of sell that, if you will, to participants and, (laughs) uh, and people in the audience?
1: Yeah. So let me take you back. So drag is an expensive hobby. And so when you're competing for, pageants, um, just like real girl pageants, everything is so expensive from mm-hmm. wigs to shoes to makeup to lashes to nails to hose, whatever the case is it's just expensive and so drag queens are notorious for supporting other drag queens with fundraisers or you know um, benefit shows and so a friend at the time was watching RuPaul's Drag You. And mm. Drag U was like RuPaul's Drag University, where they would okay. take the i think it was on for like maybe one season or two. They would take the stereotypical lesbians, the butch lesbians, if you will, and make them over and let them walk down, you know, a runway in front of their mm. their family and friends, and you know, oh my gosh, you know, she's never worn heels in her life, and blah blah blah. So my friend at the time was like, we should do this for you, but we should, you know, make this a benefit show for you to compete. And I was heading um, to nationals for Miss Gay America at the time. And she talked to me in uh, like two weeks, in the, like second weekend into October of 2011 and nationals were at the end of the month and i'm like we have no time to to -hmm. do this but let's let's we have something here let's you know keep this momentum going and i got back from nationals and in january we held our first uh transformations by imitation only is what it was called where we took um at that time nine women of the community paired them with a female impersonator or a drag queen, made them over into their diva self and let them compete in a pageant style setting um, to raise money for a local charity of their choice. And so we did this for the first year you had to be invited. We didn't tell anybody what they were coming to because we weren't quite for sure how the community was going to take it. (laughs) Um, We were 50 feet shy of selling out that our first year and i remember i still get goosebumps to this day the curtain rising and here i am you know opening the show as deja you know the six foot four drag queen you know um and no one no one leaving no one getting up we had doctors politicians you know wow. uh city professional, like just so many people in the audience and they're like Okay. Okay. What, what's happening here? Husbands turning to their wives, you know, like, Mm -hmm. okay, what did you bring me to? Yeah. Yeah. And it truly has morphed. So we did five years of bringing women on. Um, They had to apply. Uh, So we have a whole application process for, um, for the women at the time to apply. And then we did an all-star year. So we invited back, the first 49 women to compete again and we had 13 fabulous ladies come back and compete again for local charities and at that point which was our sixth year um just like the event it was always transforming and so we went back to what drag really is and drag is dressed as girls and so we went back to the roots, which is men, men dressed as women. And so Mm -hmm. we, we've done that. And we're now in our, we just did our third year of men competing and we sell out truly within days. Um, Our VIP section sold out um, under a minute this year and last year, it was like three minutes. And it's, it's crazy. And, and we pack um, Liberty Hall. We have a beautiful little venue downtown. Um, 600 people in it. And so, like, it's the who's who. And if you are not online at 5 o'clock on a Friday to get those tickets, you're yeah. just out of luck. Yeah. So what was it's it like? Crazy.
0: What was it like transitioning from women to men and then how did you attract the men who wanted to be a part of it? Was that was that a
1: challenge? It was not a challenge at all. Um we had men asking to compete while we were still in the phase of women okay. having their opportunity to shine and And let me say this, like women, women need their days. Women need to feel empowered to be able to step foot on stage and Mm -hmm. be made over into their glamazon self. But but men, they're so much easier than women because women, for those who wear makeup, um, they would talk to their consultants or their drag queens, their mentors and say, oh, do you think you should add a little bit more to my eyes or do you? do you think you should do this? And <laughs> where men, they have no clue. They're like, okay, just, no. just do it. Do whatever you need to do. And, but the men are like, I mean, they truly, they're, it's sold out. It's just sold out. It's becoming the who's who. This year we had two doctors, um, competing against each other. We've had, uh, family members going up against each other, competing. And I'm already having people, you know, wanting to, a Sponsor the event, but also when can they apply? And I'm like, well, mm. <laughs> give me a moment. Um, yeah, Let's right. get through the year. But it's yeah. something that's thought about or talked about every day. This event, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah.
0: Have you thought about taking it into other markets?
1: Yeah. Um. Yes. Yes. That's, <laughs> maybe that's the big ask. You know? Yes. That's the big ask here. Um. One of them. Um, we were fortunate to have a documentary done on on the event called Transformations, the film, and it truly um, showcased several of the men who are competing in their process leading up to to the event. And so, um, with that documentary, we were able to travel, you know, to several film festivals across the U.S. and one of them being uh, the San Luis Obispo Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Slow Film Festival. And I got to go and. They just totally embraced the film, the event, and St. Louis feels so much like Lawrence. Like, I just felt so comfortable going there. And, and so they've asked, Would you consider bringing that event here? And what would that look like? And so um, I've had small communications, okay. uh, you know, small conversations with them, but, but really it's time. It's time yeah. for transformations to. To blossom, I've always said I want to make sure that it's successful here, at home. Yeah, it's making a meaningful difference here before we take it on the road. But it's it's proved to be a successful event that benefits, you know, multiple charities at a time and raise awareness really for those charities that are being represented. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) It's definitely talked about. Definitely thought about. It's just now taking that leap of what does it really look like? How can we put transformations in a box and, you know, and send it out on the road?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, when you have the kind of the structure of it, you know, you then allow other people to let it evolve to what it needs to be in other markets, but at least if you can give the, the in a box or the handbook on how to, and how to produce it. You know, that would be good. And then you can just fly around the country and the world being the consultant. And
1: I exactly i yes am definitely happy being the face and the voice of the event
0: <laughs> yes yes because one thing you are not my friend is is shy and in a in well interestingly you do have your moments yeah. of being shy i, I will take that I back do. i will take yeah. that back but um but when the when you are on stage there is no uh nowhere <laughs> else you should be or you know that just is your is really your your
1: happy place, yeah. and where you where I, you shine. Yeah, that can be a good thing and a bad thing, but yeah, <laughs> I think it outweighs itself. So, yes. <laughs> so yeah, the last time is, is great. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's such a that's so. I think it's important, and it's. A, I think it's great how the community has really embraced it, and like you said, I mean, to have people who would never consider doing something like that in their yeah. you know in their life, and then. I have an opportunity for them to just be comfortable being uncomfortable um, and and all of that. The
1: other part of that is so many people kind of assume that this is a a gay event, but Mm -hmm. it's not a gay event. It has a gay undertone because you're working with your consultants who happen to be drag queens. But when you think about it, this event truly is about the charities or the organizations Mm -hmm. being you know, represented and involved with because you can walk away that night knowing about the Humane Society or Big Brothers, Big Sisters, but you have just learned about three other organizations that you had no clue that your community even had. And so resources are are so important to be aware of. And Mm -hmm. Lawrence, just like St. Louis, is is very charity-driven. We have over 500 nonprofits here. And so Mm. just gaining some exposure for those nonprofits that you don't hear about every day. Right. I um, mean, it's a world of difference. And so yeah. If you win yeah. $1,000 or your name goes into a magazine or whatever, you're still a winner. So, yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. No, that's great. So last time I saw you, I think we were in Vegas who can ever keep track of where you and I are. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you were on your way uh, soon after to compete as Miss Gay Kansas or compete for the title of Miss Gay Kansas, which no surprise, you ended up winning. So Mm. let's talk a little bit about that whole world and, um, and the, um, just the history of that and uh, your involvement with pageants as Deja for a while.
1: Yeah. So I truly, um, in 2011, was the last time that I competed, and that was when Transformations was starting. So I'm like, I, you know, give me five years to get Transformations off and running, and then I'll, I'll throw my heels back in the ring. But I, I didn't do it because we're all getting older. Yet there's so many baby queens yeah. <laughs> being born, and so that talent that bar just continues to rise. And so I really had to <sighs> look inside yeah. of myself to be like, okay, it's time. And so um, the Miss Gay United States pageant is is a younger system. Um, there's several uh, drag systems out there. Miss Gay America is what I have competed for in the past, and that's over 50 years old. And so the legacy mm-hmm. of that system is, is superb. Well, the Miss Gay United States pageant is – just on its 15th year. And so the sisterhood, um, the growth of this system really um, struck something within me. And Mm -hmm. my good friend is the national title holder right now. She's Miss Gay United States. And so she's trying to build, you know, obviously the states to come together and support the system. And so Kansas decided to have their very first um, Miss Gay Kansas United States pageant and so it's in my backyard what better way for me to you know get my feet wet again and, mm-hmm. and do something that I truly do enjoy doing and so mm-hmm. yeah the first weekend of March um, Miss Gay Kansas happened and we had amazing um, contenders coming mm-hmm. from Oklahoma to Kansas City to Lawrence to compete for this and I walked away with the crown, and so so great. T- kind of like got that spark um, mm-hmm. ignited again for for the possibilities.
0: Yeah. Yep. And now you go on to compete in November. Hopefully, if it's all happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so
1: it was the, it was to be May. I was to be competing for the oh, title in May. in May for for nationals, but um, it's been pushed back to November. And so okay, I'll go to Roanoke, Virginia. And compete for, yeah, Miss Gay United States.
0: Well, I, I'm looking at the future Miss Gay United States. Right. Because you. I have no Thank doubt you. that you are going to walk away with that title. So hopefully, yeah. Yes, out. definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, what was the conversation like, perhaps, with your, your mom the first time you're like, I have an idea? I'm going to create this personality called Deja Brooks and um, I'm going to go down this path. So the people who are close to, closest to you, I know you're an only child, right? You I don't am. have siblings. Yep. So only um, child, the,
1: single parent, but so just yep. the two of us. Yeah. Just the two of
0: you. So um, what was that kind of, what is that process like in terms of having those conversations and uh, how the community accepted you, you know, years yep. ago when this first came out, because we've obviously moved, you know, beyond well, we still have a lot of work to do, but I'm sure yeah. when you, I'm sure years ago it wasn't as easy as perhaps a conversation today. So, yeah. so for anyone who's listening, who's in in that place of just having to have a hard conversation, what is, or perhaps it wasn't hard. I don't know. You tell me. What was that? What was that conversation like?
1: It was, uh, it was challenging at first because um, when I came out um, to my mom, uh, it was not the easiest, and so I had just. Finished college, moved back home, and we had the the mother son conversation. Okay, it's time to get a good job, meet a nice woman. You know that whole stereotypical yep. wife, two kids, white picket fence, et cetera. And so I'm like, well, that I don't think I need to find a woman. I think I'm gonna. What about a man? And didn't realize that was happening. I was coming out, but that's what happened. And so um, moving back home after college, you know, living with her in a, you know, smaller home and just the two of us and not talking for a week. um, She finally came and said, well, I guess we both have one thing in common. We both enjoy men. So (laughs) have at it? We were able to laugh at it uh, and move on. And so when drag came about, it truly was just like Halloween. You know, every drag queen seems to be born at Halloween time. <laughs> it's accepting for a man to put on a dress right. and go out right. Right. at Halloween, and so um, that's really when it happened. But my mom became a P flag mom like no other, without wearing the button or you know yeah. carrying the flag, yeah. but. My mom has been super, uber supportive. Um, she's competed with me at Miss, at Miss Gay Western States in Las Vegas. She went with me to nationals and and competed there. Um, we did hairspray. Um, so she played Tracy Turnblad's mom, and so she's definitely very supportive. She hardly ever misses a show or an event or anything I'm in. Um, yeah. So being a forty year old man, like. <laughs> <laughs> having my mom in the audience, um, it's still great. It's still oh. great that the support. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have family who comes and my son, Kian, you know, he has grown up with this. He doesn't think anything else out, it. you know, yeah. it's, I'm an actor, just acting. And now I'm acting... To raise money for Mm -hmm. for my community or whatever the you know the right the event is and so yeah it's uh
0: so how do you learn Midwest boy yes that's the best I mean that's the that's my favorite part of the story it's just like if you were you know again it's the perfect Hollywood script of um, this Midwest boy and living in the heart of America who go on goes on to just create this amazing beautiful, uh, persona and just does the best work in the community. I mean, what, you know, what more do we want in the world? It's just, it's we just all, great. We all
1: have our part. We all have our part. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not you stand up and do your part. And so yes. um, this is just one way for me to stand up and support.
0: Yeah. Now, um, having been in the room when you were getting out of Deja, Deja was going, was was ending for the evening and watching all the parts and pieces come apart. So that's a whole education in and of itself, I'm sure. Like, how do you know what? what parts and pieces you have to buy. And like the, we had conversation, you and I had conversations about lashes, which as far as I'm concerned, I could talk about all day long. So yeah. Um, well, yeah. a lash
1: so, seals the face. Like it makes your face. If you don't wear lashes, just like yes. nails, if you don't wear nails, you are not complete.
0: <laughs> right. I know. Exactly. Exactly. There. Um. So, so there has to be some, I mean, is there youtubing involved? Like how did you just go from, you know, a handsome man to this gorgeous woman. I mean, that doesn't just happen in one
1: setting, right? Yes. I was very fortunate to have some mentors when I first started out. And so you can call them your drag mom, or I had lots of aunts, So I never okay. had a drag mom. I just had lots of aunts who gave me their opinions or just like, do they tell you yeah. their opinions whether you need yeah. it or want it and so I was fortunate to have that and so mm-hmm. it really is about adding hips men don't have the curvatures um, to some degree that women do and so adding hips adding breasts, um, multiple layers of pantyhose and tights to smooth out your legs so you mm-hmm. don't see that I haven't shaved my legs and <laughs> You know the girdles and the corsets and everything like that to try to give myself an hourglass figure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) duct tape. You know that comes into play a lot for entertainers. You know it can give you um, a great chest, a breast, you know, (laughs) dimension. It can give you a great hourglass shape, uh, but it can also help you tuck when needed.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was impressed with like the whole Rolling Bag Studio Uh, Your wardrobe though I mean it took a lot my friend when I you performed at one of the events that we worked at and and it was just so impressive to see you're like I'll need a few hours like it doesn't just Uh happen in five minutes but yeah so it's a commitment I mean you know Deja when Deja needs to be out she you gotta have some time it's not like you know in 10 minutes can you can you become Deja right so it's
1: truly about a two-hour process at the beginning so yeah amazing
0: And it's so beautiful to see what, what you have, what you have created. So So, yeah, exactly. So we've got Miss Gay, um, USA, Miss Gay USA, is that the correct Miss term? Miss Gay United right? States. Miss Gay United States. So that's coming yeah. up for you. And hopefully this year you'll be able to compete. Yeah. We don't want to do that virtually. You've got to be on that stage. You cannot do exactly. it.
1: I know. I know. I know. Can, we'll see.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, what in terms of mentors in your life, you just mentioned, you know, some of your, your drag aunts, but um, but who else has been important in your life, either personally or professionally?
1: Yeah, I I tend to lean towards the strong-minded women. Um, and it seems like the women that I work for um, truly are the inspiration or the leaders that I kind of look up to. And so mm-hmm. we work for, for one of them who I yeah. kind of idolize a lot um, within the event planning side of things. Um, but really it's... Like I have just been taught and led by so many strong-minded women, um, growing Mm -hmm. up, and so I have a lot of people that I I look to um, Mm -hmm. and lean to still for support and guidance. And yeah, yeah,
0: it's important. You got to. And don't get me wrong. There's
1: men out there too that you know have helped um, push me along, but only when it comes down to it, it's those it's those women who can do it who can make a difference and yeah
0: exactly that's great how come lawrence hasn't given you the keys to the city yet
1: that's a great question
0: yes because if there's anyone who's putting lawrence you know forget the university i mean come on that's been there a long time (laughs) it? (laughs) what else is being Um, put you know how else is lawrence kansas being put on the map besides you
1: yeah, so you know they um they're definitely listening and they're open to suggestions and last year was the 50th anniversary to to Pride and the Stonewall mm. Riots and so last year um was the very first time our county commissioners uh, as well as the city proclaimed June as Pride Month. And so I had the oh, opportunity amazing. to um, to speak at both of those proclamations and receive, you know, the proclamation for, for our community. Um, so they are in their way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't truly really have a key yet. Um, I think I know someone who might have a key to their city. Um, <laughs> oh. But... Uh,
0: There is a Nicole Matthews day in San Diego.
1: Exactly. Something like that, you know. (laughs) But, you know, but again, like, um, we have Explore Lawrence, which is um, kind of our travel and tourism Mm -hmm. publication that, you know, uh, if you come to Lawrence, you can you know, where to eat, where to shop, um, what to attend when you're here. And so I had become one of their local ambassadors and made the cover of of their magazine, um, which is definitely pushing the boundaries here in the Midwest, Um, not only to have Brandon on the magazine, but to have Deja as well. And so Mm. the cover consisted of us both. And, you know, yeah. It's out there. It's out in Western Kansas. I had people yesterday literally texting me as they were driving back from Colorado saying, look who I just found on I-70. And it's, (laughs) it's me. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. She gets around. But, but I think, you know, that is, that's huge support um, Mm -hmm. that I'm receiving, you know, not only from, the city, but then from, you know, entities of the city. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's important. And, you know, I know you and I have had fun with the conversation, but um, in all seriousness, I I really am proud of you for for what you've done to change minds and change and open hearts and to really be a great ambassador for not only, um, the LGBTQ community, but also the community that you grew up in and and live in. And, and I think it's just such a beautiful, um, story of, of, if everyone just stopped and listened and, met each other and yeah. honored each other and respected each other you know like you said you know deja is a performance that you do but at the heart of deja is a really incredible man so that i'm really lucky mm, to call you. my friend yeah thank definitely you.
1: thank you i think um, the thing that people need to do is just ask questions if you yeah. ask questions that opened your mind mm-hmm. and you're accepting others for who they are and so yeah. ask questions yeah, yeah, that's
0: good. So um, you've obviously had to make a lot of big asks because, you know, things like going into the library and creating a transformation show and all those kinds of things, I'm sure, have yeah. have been, you know, big conversations. And so um, talk a little bit about making big asks in your in your life, either personally or professionally.
1: Yeah, so personally, um, well, and professionally, really is is making the decision to, you know, leave um, the comfort of a have a job where you feel secure and letting that go to be able to go on the road as mm-hmm. an independent contractor. And so that was, you know, what, four years now for four years that I had to really ask myself and, and ask others, um, is this the time? Is this what I need to be yeah. doing? Mm-hmm. Um, it's becoming too challenging to, to do both and keep my relationships that I have with my employer and mm-hmm. stuff like that, in which my employer at the time, well, we're still very good friends. And so, you know, it came to the point where it's like, okay, something has to to give here. And what does that look like? And that ultimately was me asking, okay, okay. Mm-hmm it's not me asking them. It's me asking myself that big ass question of, can I do this? Yep. Is this really what I want to happen? And, and the answers really were yes. Like this is, it's the time for me to do this. Um, it makes sense for me to do this. It's what I yeah. enjoy doing. And, and ultimately, you know, I would love to be in house, you know, for, for an event planning company, but right now this has given me the opportunity and the flexibility to go mm-hmm. travel. Um, be at home with my kiddo and mm-hmm. and you know watch him grow up because I would hate to miss out on on those opportunities and experiences and you know and down the road um, maybe I'll have the opportunity to you know move and go in house with someone but right now this is the this is the yeah. life but so,
0: yeah well yeah we'll, no I think we'll we'll it's like important after COVID yeah, yeah I know right <laughs> yeah. it's so true like what yeah. for our industry what will what will exist yeah. you know when the world opens right. up again but. But I think it's really important that what you said about um, the first is you have to make the big ask to yourself. You, know, yeah. you have to ha- ask yourself the tough questions, you know, first yeah. and foremost, which I think people don't always honor or pay attention right. to, you know. Yeah. So I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you saying that. So, all right. So we always end every podcast with rapid fire questions. Okay. So are you ready? These are just to be top of top of mind no judgment okay no okay. judgment Perfect. no judgment
1: <laughs> okay is it a word or just a, an answer
0: um it's a little bit of both it's a little bit okay, of both good. so okay. okay here we go title of your lifetime movie
1: um deja who <laughs> okay
0: if you could change places with any celebrity right this minute who would it be
1: julia roberts
0: oh Interesting.
1: I you know. Feel I like you need I to I live on a that. farm
0: in New Mexico.
1: Well, no. It was either Julia or like Tom Hanks. They both came to mind, but Julia is just that epitome of uh, beautiful. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. When do you feel happiest?
1: Um. When do I feel happiness? Uh. I think surrounded by friends and family. Mm -hmm. I know that's so like... That's okay. No judgment.
0: No judgment. Okay. If you were running for politics, what would be your biggest campaign promise?
1: Uh, Continuing to be true to myself and promoting others to be true to themselves.
0: Great. Ultimate dinner party. Which four guests do you invite and why?
1: Which four guests do I invite and why? Rosie O'Donnell. Mm Mm-hmm is my first guest um, I strive to be her someday and have my own talk show. Uh, yes. Um, uh, one of our County commissioners, Nancy okay. Dallman. She's a big inspiration. Um, Tom Hanks. I'm going to go back to Tom Hanks. Okay. Because I feel like... He definitely has played those characters and is, you know, truly an artist. Yep. And then, gosh, I think I'm going to go with Oprah. That's so crazy. Who wouldn't? She's just a grounded and an amazing individual. Right. Yeah,
0: I know. I know.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. She calms you without even knowing you needed to Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's a good party. All right. So right this minute, you have to get a tattoo. What do you get and yeah. why?
1: I'm getting a crown um, with Kian. So my son's name is Kian. And I went, <laughs> Kian means royalty. Um, and mm-hmm. so- so many, you know, significances there. Uh, royalty and being a queen myself—what uh, better way than to show it off with a crown?
0: I love it. Good. Yeah. Um, biggest pet peeve:
1: when you vacuum and you leave the beautiful vacuum tracks as someone walks on it. Mm. I mean,
0: do do people not have any respect?
1: (laughs) Ah, That's so silly. Yeah.
0: What is your wish for the next generation?
1: Um, My wish is for the next generation to continue to stand up and fight and believe for what you feel is right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if you ask questions and you're open to the possibility of change, then I think you're on the right path to making, um, better choices, not only for yourself, but for your community and for, um, for life.
0: Yeah. Good one. When does your light shine the brightest?
1: When does my light shine the brightest? (laughs) When I realize that I have made a difference, um, in someone's life.
0: Yeah, definitely. Good for you. All right. So, wh- last question. What is your right. big ask, either personally or professionally right this minute, and how can we help you?
1: Um, my big ask is, what is next for Deja? What is next for Deja in regards to her community or transformations or where? What's what's next for Deja? And I think that's, that's the big ask. Okay. It's hard to to understand that or to look into myself for that I think guidance from others mm-hmm. may be beneficial when I ask that day. okay ask.
0: perfect why isn't Deja been doing a talk show during quarantine
1: oh gosh honey that we I've had this multiple like I've had this podcast uh zoom meeting multiple times now um yeah It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Perfect.
0: Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, you got to tape that all in one day because you cannot be getting into that outfit every single day, my love. You are (laughs) going to (laughs) be... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to have...
0: You're going to have to just yeah, shoot him one day. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So, okay, good. Well, thank you for saying yes to my big ask yeah. of asking you to be on the podcast and um, for it. sharing your story and for um, helping all of us to transform into better human beings. So I thank you yeah. for that all right awesome. my friend thanks. thanks okay thanks for listening to another episode of the big ass podcast like what you heard subscribe to and share the podcast with your friends and be sure to connect with me on social at miss nicole matthews or at big ass podcast until next time let today be the day you make a big ask